Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello there and welcome to Locked On Suns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Kellen Olson, your host of Locked On Suns. The Suns season is over. Exit interviews were today. The Suns played in Sacramento last night, lost 129-104. to They finished 24-58, and locking the second worst record in the league and therefore the second best odds on lottery night, which is still well over a month away, so we've got a ways to go for that. Today we're going to briefly touch on that Kings game and then kind of give our end-of-the-season uh, conclusions, really, just on how the season went, what we thought beforehand, what we thought now, and then we'll have one more episode coming to you later in the week going over our Twitter page, at Suns. We have a lot of polls up there right now. One of those episodes is going to be on focusing on really this season, what happened this season. Then we're going to have an episode next week focusing on off-season stuff. We're still going to be coming to you at least once a week throughout the off-season. It's going to be a little bit quiet probably after the draft in between Summer League. That's really going to be the time when it's going to be rare for you to see us pop up in your feed. But from now until the draft, we're still coming to you, and I'm still coming to you with Eddie House, my co-host. Eddie, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you feeling, man? Feeling good. The end of the season, it took a while to get here after uh, Bledsoe Chandler night. Those guys got shut down. It was really just counting down the days until we got here, honestly, because let's be honest, the basketball we've been watching has not been good, and it is not intended to be good. There's a reason they're doing that, and it was to lose. And they've done a good job. They finished 24-58, and and that last big loss was against Sacramento. Turned out they didn't need it because the Lakers won their fifth game in a row. Really a... talk about the other side but man that's that's brutal for them they are obviously trying to lose games with the guys they're sitting in there just their group keeps winning the suns had one two in a row but it came to a halt here 129-104 loss tyler ulis led the way with 27 points marquise chris had 22 as well no devin booker no jared dudley and then with all the other missing guys knight bledsoe chandler this just wasn't a team that was going to be able to win even against a team like sacramento eddie yeah, no, and and the Suns, I don't think they were really particularly care if they won or lost anyway. I think it was more so just give these guys a, a heavy workload. Allen Williams with 28 minutes, Ulysses with 35, um, Jones Jr. with 33, and Marquise Chris with 40. I mean, Jogging Bender pitched in with 21 uh, minutes. So it was just about giving these guys a heavy workload on the way out. Also letting Keese, as they call him, Keesey, go ahead and get uh, the most uh, minutes with 40 in front of his home his family and friends uh, back in Sacramento. So, I mean, you know, what can you say? It's over. It's it's all over. Uh, The pain is done. Uh, (laughs) You know, game in and game out. We come in. We have some positive things to talk about of late with the youth movement and things like that, but just a a very topsy-turvy season, Um, uh, very inconsistent. Uh, And and it's good for it to be over for me as as a guy covering them. Just because it was it was tough to watch sometimes, but um, and it was fun at times as well. Again, that's the inconsistency that I spoke about all year. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's over, 
And now we could look forward to uh, the draft and free agency, which I think is the most important year for Ryan McDonough since he's been here. Let's see what he does. Is he going to nail the draft pick? Is he going to do great in free agency? And I think if those two things are combined, I think that's going to equal them having a very big jump next year from 24 wins to knocking on the door to getting into the playoffs, if not making the playoffs for sure. Yeah, a, a big tone at Media Day today seemed to be that they thought they were, they seemed to realize that if they would have gone out and played all 82 games with their starters or even done things like they started Marquise Chris really early in the season and Chris was just flat out, I'll flat out say he was a terrible player in November and even December. There's clearly potential there and there's obviously long-term potential, but as a basketball player at that moment, which is to be expected with his lack of experience, it's not a dig at him at all. I'm just saying he was not good at all. And they did that knowing that because they didn't really care about the wins or losses back then, let alone right now. And with that in mind, I think it's kind of tough to go back and look at what we were saying in the preseason and what we were saying before the season about where we had these expectations at. I was expecting the Suns to easily get 30 wins, maybe get 35 if everything went well, and then who knows if everything clicks. Booker has this huge breakout season in the second year. The rookies play well. Maybe you're looking closer to 40 wins and maybe even threatening for the eighth seed if all goes well. But they just never got rolling, and the thing that always stands out for me is that Brandon Knight just never got comfortable in that sixth-man role, and then from there, it's just it was just all downhill from there, Eddie. It seemed like he never got into that role, and I think it, the coaching staff and everyone realized it was going to be a problem in a hurry because his minutes were, were not in that six-starter role at all. Like He had five or ten games there, and that was it. For you, where is there a specific part in the season you saw it go wrong or uh, – just all well, around a rough year. Well, I was optimistic at the very beginning. I was saying, hey, maybe these guys can try to knock on 40 wins and sneak into the eighth spot. I think they had to finish in front of – I was I was saying they should be able to finish in front of Sacramento. And uh, I, I really thought that they should be able to do the, those things. But uh, they, they just weren't able to, to put it together. And, I mean, we talk about Brandon Knight and, you know, the, the new role that he had and, and not being comfortable. He still averaged 11 points. I mean, yeah. if you average in double figures, that's that's still pretty damn good. Um, I don't think there was another guy on the team that averaged double figures that wasn't in the starting lineup, except Brandon Knight. So that's a guy that you know you should. I think we could have been using a little more. And, and the more you show confidence and, and and you were comfortable with him, the more I think the better he would have played. But I just don't think that he's in the in the plans in the future plans of the Suns. I think that he's a guy they're going to be looking to move this summer. Um, I think uh, a total disappointment was Dragon Bender for me at the four position. Uh, me at, at dra- uh, draft pick number four. I think he just had a horrific season. Uh, doesn't look ready at all. Um, I think that's uh, another very very high draft pick that I believe that Ryan McDonough missed uh, missed out on uh, that that he basically whiffed on. Um, Alex Lynn, to be honest, he played terrible at the beginning of the year, and he started to come on here of late. He played a lot better late in the season than he did early on, which, you know, I, for me, I like to see that. At least he's got better. Uh, Alan Williams got better on and on. I mean, these T.J. Warren was balling the injury. I mean, it was so many things that went on. And, like, to, again, what I'm saying right now is just inconsistency. We talked about how Keese came in. At the beginning of the year, he's, he looked ready. He looked the part. He just didn't know the game yet. And I think the one thing we could say about Keith is that game in and game out and 
week to week, month to month, he did get better, and we've seen improvement. And for yeah. a guy to only play five seasons of basketball prior to this, I mean, he's made he has made leaps and bounds in his game and as far as his basketball IQ. So that's very uh, that's encouraging moving forward to know that you have a guy like that paired with a Devin Booker, and uh, and also uh, uh, you know Eric Bledsoe if they if if they don't go the point guard route in the draft, but. Uh, you know, Tyler Eulis came on good with the minutes that he has been getting, so it gave him a lot of confidence going into the offseason to work on his game, to know what he can do. He's a guy that you could depend on to be your backup point guard. I don't think that you could have him as your starter for for 82 games. It, it could be filling start spots if guys get hurt or anything like that, But and it's not a knock on Tyler. I'm just saying that I don't think that at this point in his career he's an NBA starter as far as right now, I think he will be a great backup for this team. And there's no slight in that. If that's your job, that's your job. And I think he would do that job particularly well. So uh, just very inconsistent season, man. And uh, again, my, my disappointment, major, my major disappointment is it was Dragon Bender all year. I know he got hurt, but the time he played, he just did not look ready. He never looked comfortable. Again, he went 0 for 7 from 3. I want to say the other night he went 1 for 6. So that's 1 for 13 in his last two games. He just uh, he just does not look the part to me, man. He does not pass the eye test, and that's very big for me. I don't care about measurables. I don't care about how he looked against these teams on these other films. When I watch him in person, I just don't see it. Um, hopefully, um, he could work on his on his game in the off season and, and work on his body and watch some film and and develop because uh, right now <clears throat> he's a guy that if if I would have to, I, that would be a piece I would be putting together to trade as well. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Uh, yeah, I, I completely disagree. We've been on opposite ends of the spectrum on Bender uh, throughout the season, and I just I don't see him being close to a bust yet. He was never going to be, and I understand we've talked about this in the past, and it's going to come back to the same kind of a discussion, which I want to avoid. But when you draft a guy in fifth, when you draft a guy top ten, top five, you're expecting him to put up numbers right away. That's the type of skill you're expecting. That's just not Bender's game right now, and it's not going to be his game for a while putting up numbers it's this guy that they drafted knowing he's kind of like that elite role player potential and guys like that especially when they're raw coming out of the draft just aren't going to produce in their rookie year even look that good in his rookie year I talked about this in the Sacramento game is that he did not benefit at all from the experience that Chris and Euless went through because of the injury there's just moments in that Sacramento game especially shooting the ball we saw in those last two games where he did not look comfortable trying to do more than what he was comfortable with doing. And guys like Marquise and Tyler, like Euless has been taking like 17 shots a game to wrap up the season here. And that's something that he's comfortable with doing now. Marquise Chris is comfortable with going out there and he'll get you 20 points in these types of games right now when you're asking him to be the first or second option on offense. That's something Bender isn't ready to do yet. And I think he might have been more ready to do it had he gotten those extra 15 to 20 games. Going back to the point on him being a bust and him being someone the team... I didn't, I didn't call him a bust. I didn't call him a bust. 
do you, I you, you said that he I was a, um, a disappointment a, a disappoint disappointment and someone yeah, that you think <clears throat> so do you still think that mcdonough missed on him though because i don't think mcdonough yeah, missed on him I, at all i still think I, I think he missed on him i think that it was lucky that he was able to have a mulligan and go get marquise chris because otherwise bender would have been in I, I just don't see it he doesn't pass the eye test for me that's the thing he does not pass the eye test i've seen enough players in my life and when I look at him, I mean, think about it at the beginning of the year in preseason. I said, Marquis, I can't, I said, I said, I don't know about Bender. I know you like him. I said, but Marquise Chris, he's going to be a stud. He passes the eye, to, eye test. He has heart. He plays hard. He plays above the rim. He goes attacks rebounds. He's, and he's, and when you talk about raw, you can't get no more raw than only having five seasons under your belt. This guy, Bender's been playing pro forever. So he's been playing basketball. He's been around basketball. He's been around older guys. So I was a, you would think it would have been the opposite. Chris would have been the deer in headlights, and Bender would have been ready to go off the rip, especially being a, a very high draft pick. But it was the total opposite. And just watching the guys, uh, it just the, the eye test is important to me. Watching how guys play, how they react to things, and how they move. And I mean, I mean, just four rebounds. He's seven feet tall, four rebounds, no blocks. Um, this last game, and I don't want to keep like I'm just dragging him down. It's just this is how it is. I mean, this is what our job is: is to talk about this and be objective and subjective at times and, uh, you know, to, to, to call it how I see it. And how I see it might be totally different from how you see it, and, and that's fair enough. You know, we, that, that's why we're on here. We have two different opinions, and at times we agree on things, and we can give people different perspectives, and I think that's what's good about it. But my perspective is, again, not saying that he's a bust. I just say that he missed on it. I think there was guy, other guys and maybe he could took it. This was a weak draft, though. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. This was a very, very bad draft. So, I mean, in a bad draft, this is what we had to uh, get up, up top like that. But it is what it is. And, again, um, I would like to see the growth next season to see how he comes back next season, how he handles himself, because that's going to be important. It's going to be super important for him. I'm really happy that we have your perspective on here and we have those different perspectives. Going back to Bender for a second, I think one of the things – that Suns fans should take for granted if you feel the way Eddie does, that you feel like that he has been a disappointment. He's been playing the three most of the season, and he is not a three. He's a four. He's been playing out of position nearly all year. And as far as the eye test goes, I've been mainly watching him defensively because that was supposed to be his big thing for me. And I know you're watching him on defense just as much as offense. I'm not saying that you're not. But I see the foot speed. I see the lateral quickness. I see the smart plays, the weak side rim protection, and things like that. But as far as the complete package, I will agree that Marquise Chris has been the guy that has stood out for me more overall. But I, everything I was excited about for Bender before the season, it's still there for me after the season. Like I said, I think in those 20 games, I would have felt more confident in seeing him expand his role and be more than just this guy that can play the good switch defense, protect the rim from the weak side, hit an open three, make the right pass, be more than that guy, which at number four, like we've said in past podcasts, you expect more out of but the bottom line is I'm just I'm not there yet at all, and I feel like Bender is still going to be a great player. And if I still had to pick one between Bender and Chris, I know it's going to drive you crazy, but I'm still team Bender on that. You're obviously team Chris, and I think that's something else for Suns fans to be excited about is that the team has two options besides Devin Booker like that to look forward to in the future. Let's end on Devin Booker, though, here. Uh, is there anything else you want to say on that, though? On the yeah, yeah. I didn't, I'm going to go off of the Bender. I, the thing is that this, this is what drives me crazy about how people are, you can categorize and pick and choose when you want to defend somebody and say, oh, yeah, well, this, that, and other. Well, we talk about Brandon Knight and people talked about him bad. Or he's taking on a role he never took on and he still averaged 11 points. Coming off the bench, I think that's 
that that's not something that people can, should just be like, oh, well, you know, he didn't adapt well. He didn't shoot the ball well. Well, yeah, he changed what he needed to do and how he his, his whole approach to the game, but he still averaged double figures in, a, in that type of position. So I think you have to give credit to him for that because, I mean, besides who, who else averaged double figures on the team? Bledsoe, Booker? I mean that, that's what it that's what he does though. That's Knight is in there to score. That is what he's out there to do. And the only thing he did well was score. He wasn't doing anything else. Well. And and that's that's okay if that's what you're out there to do, and then you do it. Then I mean I don't see what what the big problem was. You you, you just answered it yourself. If that's what you're out there to do, then do it. If you're out there to defend, then you out there to defend. If you're out there like Tyson Chandler to rebound, he's going to have to level rebound. He did a fantastic job. See, Tyson wasn't out there to score, right? No, but I mean, or, nice or not shot. Even rim, or not even rim protect because, I, you know, that kind of went away. He was out there to rebound and he averaged 11 rebounds. Everybody's saying he had a fantastic year. Brandon Knight's not out there to play make. He's out there to score. He averaged 11 points. He averaged 13 points a game in November, but he shot 38% doing it. That's, that's not I, I good. Mean, I mean, we could talk about well, even, even uh, shooting percentage. Look at uh, D Book, how he was shooting so bad early on. Like, guys going to have spells if you want to pick. You could always pick and choose and say, okay, this little section. But over the totality of the whole season, he was consistently giving us 11 points. That's what it says. He was averaging 11 points. Some games was higher. Some games were lower. Some games were big-time games. Some games were duds. But at the same time, he still gave you this, and you could pretty much bank on him giving you somewhere around there if given the minutes. And I think it was just unfair to him the way uh, the way a lot of people do it. I'm not just speaking on you yourself, but a lot of oh, people no, out no, no. How they've been talking about it uh, around it. it to me, it's the same thing. We just wanted uh, Tyson Chandler to rebound the basketball. He averaged eleven boards. Fantastic year. Knight is only supposed to score. He averaged eleven points. Okay, that should be good. But you know, again, uh, it is it's preference. If somebody likes somebody's game or doesn't like their game, that'll make you kind of look at it different. You know what I mean? And that's just how it is. It's all yeah. preference. That's yeah, all. we all have we all have preference. We all have our own little. We're going to get into this leading up to the draft. There are just little ticks certain players have that you like that you don't like, and that's what it comes down to a lot uh, valuing players. I want to end on the big the big picture here, and the big picture with this team really is Devin Booker because the best part about doing this with you, Eddie, that I've really enjoyed is that from now until the start of the season, we've had this process of seeing and talking about every game that Devin Booker has played this season, and we had. We talked about the expectations being too high and that he was underperforming. Not necessarily underperforming, it's just it might have been a little bit too much for him in the beginning of the season to come up to. But we've seen him over the past couple of months start to get more and more comfortable into the role that he was in towards the end of last season, really becoming the guy for this franchise. And I feel like if you were to compare how we felt about his play in late November, early December to now, I'd say we're feeling pretty different and feeling much better about how he's played. And uh, I, that's how I feel, at least. And I, I'm assuming you agree, right? Yeah, we, we would have been on opposite ends of the spectrum if, you know, talk about the beginning of the season. Excuse me, the beginning of the season to, now, uh, to the end of the season. Uh, at the beginning, he was struggling. And I think I hit on it. If we go back to some of the podcasts, I kind of uh, noted the fact that this is the first time him, you know, it was the last year at the end of the year, like Tyler Euless getting these numbers like this. You think if these teams game plan for that, you think it's going to happen? It's not going to happen. Not that he's not capable, but he's he's not a Devin Booker talent to where, you know, yeah, with that game plan, he could figure it out. He Devin at the beginning of the year was getting every kind of the defense, the best defensive player and all of the attention from the defense. 
And on the other end, they were going at him. And so now you're trying to figure one side of the ball out while on the other end you're getting attacked. And it was just all happening so quick, so fast at the beginning of the year. He took I think he might have took it for granted for a second. Like, okay, I'm about to just do this because I'm about to do this. You know, kind of like not reading your yeah, reading your own clippings and, you know, feeling yourself a little bit. I think it was a little bit of uh, humility that happened during that stretch to be like, hold up, I need to regain. And then also we got to give credit to P.J. Tucker for being in there and getting after him and making him play harder, game, uh, practice practice after practice after practice so he could bring it to the game. And I think I think that was the, the main thing. It was just figuring the figuring it out, figuring it out that, hey, listen, I, I have to this is how I have to attack this thing. I don't always have to try to run through the wall. If I got two, I can move the basketball. Or if I get the quick one-on-one before the double team come, I can go the other way. I see where the double team's coming from. And that goes from watching film and just having that experience out there. So just his growth as well. It was it was really nice to see his growth and him to get out of that. People were talking about, oh, he's not all that, uh, this, that, and the other. But he came to do what he was supposed to do night in and night out. And he took his bumps and bruises early and – and what we see now is is the Devin Booker that we all had anticipated at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and that's great to go into next season with that certainty that we know that I think this third year really is going to be the one that, I mean, it's hard to score 70 points in a game and not get put on the map, but as far as really trying to break through that next wall, that next level of his game, I think we can see that next year. And this was really the progress from last year. This year was more of the same obviously he's improving in a bunch of ways as a young player but I think that really to take that next level that huge step in his game I think we're going to see that even more next year Uh, we'll be talking about next year more later on in the week and next week here on Lockdown Sun so stay tuned for more coming soon Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks it's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year right now buy one get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99 and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.